And Genesis chapter 12 is how that nation got started. And remember, your entire Old Testament is about Israel. It's about them. And you get in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, he's later called Abraham, everybody's heard of him, Get thee out of thy country, he lived over there in Iraq, in that area, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. He said, I want you to leave your country, I'm going to take you to a new land. And I will make of thee, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great, look at this, nation. He's going to make a nation out of this guy. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And let me ask you a question. What nation do you think came from him? Israel. That's the nation he's talking about. He said, I'm going to make out of you a great nation. Because it just so happens that his grandson, Jacob, and we'll see here in a minute, God changed his name to Israel. And it just so happened that that boy had 12 boys, and they became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. You read about them all through the Old Testament. All right? Now notice verse 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Well, that's pretty plain. God's going to bless people that blesses that nation. And he's going to curse people that curses that nation. And so you say, well, I don't like politics. I'm not either. I'm not even talking about politics. I'm talking about Israel. Israel's a Bible term. See, sometimes they put the ball in my court, and when I'm preaching, the, if I can preach the Bible, I mean, if they want to get in on religion, that's my job <laughs> to talk about those things. But the thing is, God always blesses people that blesses Israel. Israel's been the greatest ally to America for the entire time America has existed. And there's no doubt in my mind that America has received the blessings they've received. One reason is because America, in the past and years gone by, has always feared God. That's a good reason God will bless a nation that fears Him. And then secondly, America has always helped Israel and been an ally. You know that Iron Dome that they got over there in Israel? Have you seen those rockets going all through there? That was made in southern Arkansas. Did you know that? Southern Arkansas made those That's amazing, isn't it? And in southern Arkansas, they made those things, and that's what's shooting all those things down. And see, what they're saying is, well, what happened is, is those people in the southern part, the Palestinians, they're down there around Gaza. That's where Samson and all that bunch was at down in that way in the Bible. That's where, uh, and also Goliath, the giant, was from Gath, which is in that same area. And they've been shooting missiles over into Israel. In the last 48 hours, they've shot 1,050 missiles into Israel. And you know what some of these politicians are saying? They're saying, well, Israel is too strong for them, so they ought to just let them do it and not retaliate. Let me just say this. If you come and do a drive-by at my house and start, I don't care if I got more guns than you or not, if you, you're not going to stay there all day and shoot at my house. I'm not a mean person, but I'm going to protect my family. I'm going to tell you that right now. My burglar alarm sounds like shotgun shells going off. It, I mean, a whole lot. really like it. We don't dial 911. We dial 357. That's how it is, you know. You say, well, you're, you're just mean. No, I'm not mean, but I'm willing to protect my family. If it came down to it, I'm, I mean, I'm, I want to take care of them. That's my job. And so what they're saying is let them go ahead and bomb you and don't do anything about it. Are you crazy? That's crazy to do something like that. Now what you want to do and what I want to do is bless Israel. I want to bless them. Did you know on March the 31st that the new president gave the Palestinians $75 million? 
And then on April the 7th, he restored that the last administration had taken away from them $235 million in aid to them. You know what they're using that money for? To attack Israel. Now, well, that's a mess. You ought to know your tax money is going to attack them right now. That's nuts, man. But anyway, God has promised to bless these people. Now, there's more to that. Um, it was named by God. Look in Genesis 32. We see where it started. It started with Abraham and then his descendants. So go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32. Genesis 32. See, you can feed this stuff. Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32, and look in verse, well, look in verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. What that means is he touched his hip, and his hip got out of joint. And he... As he wrestled with him. Now you get your hip out of joint. You can't walk right. And he said let me go for the day breaketh. And he said I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him what is thy name? And he said Jacob. Now he's dealing with the Lord here is who he's dealing with. And he said thy name shall be called no more Jacob. But Israel. That's the first time you read that name in the Bible. You say well why do they call him Israel? God told them to call him that. God came up with the place. He told Abraham where to go. He came up with the name. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, which means for I have seen God face to face. That's what Peniel means. And my life is preserved. And from that point on, he's called Israel. And when they talk about Israel, they're talking about the descendants of Jacob, who's a descendant of Abraham. And God put them in that place. And then later, God gives them some land. And I'm not going to turn to all those scriptures, but there's certain land that God gave to Israel. Now, I saw somebody today, they said, well, they're fighting over land. And, you know, Europeans are the ones that drew the lines and all that stuff. Well, Europeans may have, but they should stay out of it. The truth is the land that Israel um, belonged, that owns, and not only that, what should be theirs was given to them by God. And so there's a difference right there. Jerusalem's known as a holy city because it's the Lord that did all that. And he promised them. He took Abraham out one night and he said, I want you to look out. He said, he said I'm going to give you this land from here to all the way to here. And man, he started, and it's a lot bigger than you see on a map right now. If you, if you see Israel on the map, it's just a little bitty place. But it goes all the way to the Euphrates River, which is in Iraq. And most people think that's where the Garden of Eden was originally. It was over in that area. And I, I'm not going to go through all that tonight. But anyway, it goes all the way over to Iraq. And that covers Jordan, um, part of Syria, part of Lebanon, part of um, Saudi Arabia, part of Iraq. I mean, it's a pretty big area. And God gave them all that area. And they reduced them down. And the United Nations, people say, well, you can't have all that. That's not for you. Well, one day they're getting it. You can mark it down because the Bible says they are. And when God gives somebody something, it's not anybody else's take away from them. And so the land that these people are shooting them from is actually given to them by God. That's actually Israel's land. 
And in Israel right now, you've got these cities, and you've got cities that are controlled by Jews and cities that are controlled by Palestinians. I've been there. I've seen it. And so when you go to a Palestinian city, I was wanting to go where, um, um, where the, um, the Lord dealt with the woman at the well over there and, I was, and, and Jacob's well and all that kind of stuff. And they said, uh, Shechem in that way. And they said, uh, oh, we can't go there. I said, well, why not? I mean, that's, I want to go see. I'm, and Abraham's buried over that way. I thought, wouldn't that be cool? I said, no, the Palestinians have that controlled. And we got all the way up to where the, the gate of that city was, the entrance of that city, and there's a great big sign. You know what it said? It said, if you're a Jew, do not enter this city or you, you'll probably die. I thought, man, that's cr- You want to talk about racist, man? That's racist. Why? I mean, that's a race of people. And I thought, that's crazy. I said, well, what happens when the Palestinians come into the Jewish cities? I said, oh, nothing. We don't do nothing. We don't mind them coming here. We're friendly. And they are friendly. And I thought, well, that's not the way you're supposed to be. But anyway, there's a hatred over there. And the truth is that land was given to the Israel by God. And here they are occupied. Now, you say, well, what about that? You do think you ought to go in there and do something? I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not for doing anything. Let the Lord handle that kind of business. But see, what you've got now is you've got people taking that land that God gave them, and here they are shooting at them and everything else. Now, turn to Zechariah. That's the next to last book in the Old Testament. Sometimes those books are hard to find. So if you go to Matthew, first book in the New Testament, hang your left. In Zechariah chapter 2. Let's see what God says about Israel. He's got some terms for them. Zechariah chapter 2. Now this, this world's in a mess right now. And it's nearly not Republican, Democrat. The world needs God is what they need. That's, that's the problem. I mean, we can go all kinds of ways, but they need God. Zechariah chapter 2. But I will say, the, in the last four years, you didn't see none of this happening. As far as them attacking Israel, because it wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been allowed. Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter number 2. And look what the Lord says about these people. Zechariah chapter number 2. And he's talking about Israel. He says in verse 4, And he said unto them, Run, speak to this young man, saying, Jerusalem, well, that's in Israel, shall be inhabited as towns without walls. This is future. It's a prophecy. For the multitude of men and cattle therein. For I say the Lord will be unto her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heaven, saith the Lord. Deliver thyself, O Zion, that dwellest, with the daughter of Babylon, Zion, Israel, Jerusalem, notice. Verse 8, And thus saith the Lord of hosts, After the glory hath he sent me into the nations which spoiled you. They've taken their land and taken their things. For he that toucheth you, toucheth the apple of his eye. How about that? The Lord says, If you bother Israel, what you're bothering is the apple of his eye. It's almost like this. It's almost saying a man's really in love. And he marries this woman, and I mean, there he is in love with her. And somebody comes, and they try to jump on her, and he says, hold on a minute. You can jump on who you want to, but you touch her, you're touching the love of my life, is what he's saying. And you're asking for problems, what you're asking for. And that's what's going on with Israel. He says, Israel, these people are the apple of my eye. 
He said, this is a nation that I started. I called a guy out. I sent him to this land. I gave him the land. I made a nation out of them. I mean, there was a miraculous birth for the nation to even start. Abraham was 99 years old, and his wife was 89 when she found out she was having a baby. That's miraculous where I come from. And she was 90 when she gave birth. How about that one, ladies? What a mess, you know. But that's how it was. But they lived a little longer back then, too. And God gave them a child when they couldn't have a child, and he did it. And that child's name was Isaac. And then Isaac had that boy named Jacob, had Jacob and Esau, but Jacob got the birthright, and he changed Jacob's name to Israel, and that's where your nation started. And he had all those boys, and they became the 12 tribes and all that. And from one of those tribes, one of the guys' names was Judah, and Judah became known as a tribe. And even today, if you go to Israel and you went to Jerusalem, you, when you're coming into the, that province, there'll be a big sign showing you you're entering Judah, and it's got a line there. That's all the way back in the book of Genesis, thousands of years ago. And did you know there's a, the most famous person that ever lived in the world came from that tribe? His name's Jesus. That's right. He came from the tribe of Judah, and they still call it that today. All right? And so we say that Israel's the apple of his eye. Not only that, we say one day the Lord's going to fight for Israel. While you're in Zechariah, turn to chapter 14. Now, this hadn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. You say, how do you know it's going to happen? Everything in the Bible that says it's going to happen is going to happen because everything that's ever said would happen has happened so far. He's batting a thousand. That's pretty good. Zechariah 14. This is not man's book. This is God's book. He's the only person who can tell the future. And one day he's coming back. He's going to fix things. There's nobody on earth that can fix what's going on. It's going to have to be the Lord to do it. Zechariah 14. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 1. Behold the day of the Lord cometh. And thy spoil. Talking about Jerusalem. We'll see that. Shall be divided in the midst of thee. Look what he says. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Did you know the United Nations has had more resolutions against Israel than any country in the world? They're always condemning them. And, condemning, and there's only one nation that stops them from putting sanctions on them. It's the United States. And I believe God's blessed the United States because they've done that. I believe that. Now, I'm for helping anybody. I like, I mean, I went and preached in the Philippines to those Filipinos. You say, well, they're not American. It makes me no difference. They got souls. They need to be saved. I preached to uh, 5,500 people one night under a tent. That's a lot of folks coming out. I mean, they brought them in from everywhere. And for three days, we had a tent. I'm talking about that. We had a tent revival, but it wasn't 100 people. There was thousands of people. And, man, we had a good time. They were nice people. We enjoyed being around them. I'm sure there's some bad people over there, but there were good people too. I had a guy uh, call me today. I was supposed to go last year to Guadalajara, Mexico. And me and Brother Dwayne went over there. A year or two ago, and they want me to come back to a pastor's conference. Those guys give you the shirt off their back. You want to talk about nice people? There's nice people in Guadalajara or Mexico. So there's some bad people there. Well, I'm sure there is bad people everywhere. We're going to try not to go around any of them. <laughs> but you know, the average person there, they treat you just as nice. I'm telling you, I've been there. I know what they do. They treat you just as nicely as you can. Now you don't want to get pulled over by the police. We got those checking cars one day when we was driving down the road, and the missionary guys with. And, and he's Hispanic. He's Mexican. He's from Mexico. He said, uh, uh, you boys better put your hat on and don't let him look at you. 
he said, he'll pull us over and take all your money. <laughs> I mean, he lives there. He's from there. And I said, oh, okay, man, we're kind of ducking down there. He didn't see us, so thank God we didn't, that didn't happen to us. But we're going to go back, you say, why? Because we can help some people. We can help some people. And so I'm for any people. Everybody needs to know the Lord. But here's a certain people that God has really, really blessed. It's the nation of Israel. And um, notice what he says in verse 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. You know, there's a day that the United Nations is going to go against them. It could be pretty soon, too. Because they're already on them for defending themselves. And the city shall be... Let a guy come up and punch in the nose and say, All right, I'm about to do it again. They say, You just got to let him. He's smaller than you are. Let him? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> uh-uh. I'm not even... T- I'm gotten old. I don't want to... If I fight, there's no other way around it. That's all there is to it. But I guarantee if you jump on me, you may whip me, but you'll know I didn't want to get whipped. All right, verse 2. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled. That means plundered, taken down. I've seen videos of these places going down. Have you all seen that? It's crazy what's going on over there. And the women ravished. And I don't mean to be rude or crude, but the word ravished means raped. That's terrible. I couldn't imagine anybody doing that to somebody. And half of the city shall go forth into captivity. They're going to take them captives, make slaves out of them. And the residue of the people, the ones that are left, shall not be cut off from the city. Then it says, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. He's coming back and he's going to whip everybody that jumps on Israel. So let me just say, I don't want to be part of anybody jumping on Israel. You say, well, military, it don't matter how strong your military is if you're going against God. David should have no. there's no way David should have been able to defeat Goliath. But he had God on his side. Goliath was a champion. David was just a boy. He was a youth. It's a, that's why it says a youth. They say a youth is somewhere where you're just leaving the teenage years and coming into a man. So take a high school graduate. You say, well, what about them? They're, I mean, I'm, thank God for them. We're going to honor our graduates this Sunday. We're excited about it. But you take a boy that's 17 or 18, he don't have any business going into the ring against a 30-year-old heavyweight champion. He'd get his head knocked off. <laughs> you say, why? Because he couldn't handle him. And that's how David was. David went against this great big giant that was 9 feet 9 inches tall. And David was just a little guy, but God got in it. Man, when God gets in it, good things start happening. God's going to get in this too. And they're going to go against Israel. And all these nations are going to come against them. And God's going to say, that's enough. You're not doing that to any more women. And you're not tearing down anything else. Not going to have it. And he's going to come back and fight for them as when he fought in the day of battle. Like he did back here in the book of Joshua. Some other places. All right. What's he going to do? He's going to put a plague on them. Look what it says in verse 11. And men shall dwell in it. Talking about Jerusalem. And there shall be no more utter destruction. They're not going to destroy it anymore. But Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. I don't want to fight against Jerusalem then. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in their, high, in their holes, the sockets. And their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. What it says was they're basically going to disintegrate before their bones ever hit the ground. You really want to mess with Israel? I don't. You say, well, that's a nuclear, everybody says, well, that's a nuclear bomb. Let me just say something. Maybe it is, 
But I know this much, God doesn't even need nuclear bombs. God can speak, and that could happen. The same guy that said uh, in the beginning was the heaven and the earth, he spoke the earth into existence. He said, let there be light, and bam, there was light. You got that kind of power, you can say, drop dead. <laughs> You're down, you know what? So, man, I, people ought to fear God's what they ought to do. This is a nation you don't want to mess with then. You're going to leave them alone. And one day, God's going to restore that nation. Turn all the way over to the book of Romans, chapter 15. Romans 15. God's going to restore the nation of Israel. Now, I'm only giving you this because it's all in the news right now. And I'll be honest, I haven't watched any of the news. I don't know what they're saying really or whose side. Much they're all, It makes me, I'm not paying any attention to that. So if you say, well, he's against this or that, really I'm not watching it, so I can't be against too much of it because I haven't seen it. <laughs> so just the way it is. Let's see here. They don't look like the verse I'm on. Make it Revelation, Romans 11. Romans 11. That looks more like it. See, what happened was in the Old Testament days, God dealt with that nation of Israel. And they had a Messiah come named Jesus. We all know about that. You know what they did? They rejected him and crucified him. And God still gave them a chance and all the way up to a guy named Stephen. And then they stoned him and killed him. And from that time, God said, all right, I'm going to send people out to these Gentiles. A Gentile is a person that's not a Jew. So you're not a Jew, one of these Israelis, you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or red or yellow. It makes no difference. We're all the same, according to the Bible. We're Gentiles. We're, all, we're just not Jews is what it means. And so the Lord sent the gospel to all these people. And I'm glad he did. That's us, all of us, and everybody else in the world. And gave us an opportunity to be saved. And anyway, he said, one day, the time of the Gentiles will be over, and I'm coming back to deal with Israel again. And look what it says in Romans 11, verse 25, New Testament. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel. Right now, they're blinded. They don't even believe Jesus is the Messiah. They can't get it. But one day, their blindness is going to go away. It'll be in part, it's happened to Israel until what? The fullness of the Gentiles may come in. When our age is over, God's going right back to deal with them. You know what's going to happen? Verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer. That's your Savior. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Jacob's another name for Israel. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. That's pretty important. One day, he's going to restore them. And the Bible tells you all through it. I don't have time to go through all these verses tonight. But all through the Bible, it tells you that he's going to give them their land back and all these things. And so here's, here's the rundown on this. What you got is the time of the Gentiles. That's where we're at. Church age. And there's churches. It's good. For the last 2,000 years, people have been worshiping in churches. And churches is not a building, churches are the people gathering together. That's, how, that's God's plan, it's God's way. And so here we are, and we're worshiping together, and one day the Lord's going to come back, and there's a rapture going to happen. Y'all all heard of that, right? That means we're going to meet the Lord in the air. Everybody that's been saved is going to go be with the Lord. If you're saved, you get to go. If you've not been saved, you don't get to go. So get saved. Make sure you're saved. And then there's going to be a great tribulation. You've heard about that. Now, if you're saved, you're not going to be here. Don't worry about it. And for seven years, 
God's going to deal with Israel, those Jews, because they've rejected Messiah. And the Antichrist is going to show up. You know what he's going to do? He's going to bring peace into Jerusalem in that area. There's going to have to be conflict for him to bring peace. I'm not saying the Lord's about to come back. I don't know. It'd be a good time for him to come back. Beats me. I don't know when he's coming. But, I mean, it looks like it's getting closer. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that's what this is. I'm not saying that at all. It's just in the spotlight right now. But here you've got the Lord coming back. And that Antichrist, he's going to bring peace, the Bible says, for three and a half years. And he's going to break the treaty with him. And that's when the mark of the beast and all that kind of stuff comes out. And you'll have to have, you know, a mark in order to buy or sell. And you'll have to carry a card to build a I mean, whatever. <laughs> you'll have to have all that kind of stuff, you know. And... And that'll be that. And if you don't have it, you don't eat is what it boils down to. And there's going to be great plagues on the earth like there was during the time when Moses was here. The water turned to blood and all that. Revelation chapter 11 talks about all of those things. It's not going to rain for three and a half years, it says. Could you imagine not? We've been getting too much rain, we think, lately. That'll probably even out this summer. And we'll be begging for rain or something, you know. But that's usually the way that works. But we've got plenty right now, it seems like. But there's coming a time, that'll be after this age, it's not going to rain for that long. Could you imagine what would happen on earth? No rain for three and a half years? That's craziness. Unbelievable. They keep talking about global warming and climate change and the waters rising and rising, but I've seen those lighthouses and stuff, and they're still exactly where they were 100 years ago. <laughs> you don't see a difference. But the water's going to go down is what's going to happen. It's going to be the opposite effect because you don't get rain, it doesn't replenish anything. Boy, that's going to be bad. You say, what's going to happen then? Well, the Antichrist is going to go against Israel. And at the end of that seven years, the Lord's coming back with his people. That's us. Second coming of Christ. And he's going to come back, and that's when he's going to fight for them. And, man, he's going to help them. It's going to be good. And he's going to reign, the Bible says. Look in um, Revelation 19. It shows him coming back. Revelation 19. This is after all that. Revelation chapter 19. You say, this already happened. <laughs> you can't show me anywhere where this has happened. Not hardly. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19 verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. But he himself is the Lord. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. He's coming back to fight. Blood. And, in his, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. You take the S off a sword and you've got word. He's opened his mouth. He's going to speak. That with it he should smite the nations. Those are the ones going against Israel. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God. Talking about the blood tromping through there. And he hath on his vesture, that's his clothing, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Who do you think that is? That's pretty plain. That's Jesus. It's not, um, well, I mean, it's not Mickey Mouse. <laughs> it's not Muhammad either. It's Jesus is who it is. He's coming back. He'll be king of kings and lord of lords. It'll be his way or the highway. I'm all right with that. I don't trust these people in power making decisions right now, but I trust him making them. 
I trust him fully. I don't even need the boat, do you? If he's in charge, just say, whatever you say, that's good, because we know it's the best. We'll do whatever you say. And he's going to go against these nations. And man, that's going to be bad. He goes against them. Now notice he's going to reign in Jerusalem. We'll stop when we get over here. Zechariah again, chapter 2. So go to Matthew and hang your left again. Get to Zechariah chapter 2. And he tells you he's going to reign there. Zechariah chapter 2. He's coming back. He's going to choose Jerusalem. Brother Jerry was still, had a guy on him. He said, you, been, you haven't even been to Israel. You don't know what you're talking about. He goes, oh, I've been to Israel. And the guy was trying to act like he'd been there a lot of times. Maybe he had. And so he was using that to act like Brother Jerry didn't know what he was talking about. He said, well, how many times have you been to Jerusalem? He said, seven or eight times. He goes, oh, well, maybe you do know what you're talking about. I said, you had not been to Jerusalem seven or eight times. You've been once. He said, well, we left and came back. Seven or eight times, he said, actually, I have. I said, well, I guess you're right. <laughs> Went down the road and back, you know. <laughs> car warranty. I don't even own a car. <laughs> Zachariah, that's what I've been telling him. I don't even own a car. Zechariah chapter 1. <laughs> Zechariah chapter 1, verse 17. Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet future Comfort Zion and shall yet choose Mecca. Mm -mm. Washington, D.C. Nope. Jerusalem. He's going to choose them. He's coming back to them. Notice down in chapter 2 now. He says in verse 10, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For lo, I come, and I will dwell. You notice these Iranians, and I don't trust any of them, and I wouldn't give them a penny. That's just my opinion. You say, well, they're the enemies of Israel. And they're your enemy, too. They call them Zionists. They won't even call them Israel. They won't even recognize them as a country. That Ayatollah from Iran said in the last five years, he said, we'll blow Israel off the face of the map. No, he won't get to do it. I've read the back of the book. You want to talk about a terrorist? That guy's a terrorist. Verse 10, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. For lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, saith the Lord. He said, I'm coming back, and I'm going to dwell right in the middle of you. And many nations shall be joined to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in the midst of thee, Zion, Israel. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto thee, and the Lord shall inherit Judah. That's where Jesus came from. His portion. That's, that's the area around Jerusalem. In the Holy Land. That's the only time that's called the Holy Land anywhere in Scripture. And shall choose Jerusalem again. He's already chosen them once. He's going to choose them again. Be silent all flesh before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. He's coming back is what that means. He's coming back, and he's going to come back to Jerusalem, and that's where he's going to rule and reign. And look what it says in verse um, 9, talking about these nations. For behold, I will shake mine hand upon them, and they shall be a spoil to thy servants. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. See verse 8, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the, the glory hath he sent unto me the nations which spoiled you. And he says, I'll shake my, like he's shaking his fist at them. Those nations are making the Lord mad. And so here's the thing. I'm not going to say whether Israel's always right or always wrong, but I'm taking their side because I'm on God's side. I'm not on their side, I'm on God's side. 
And if I want to do right, I'm taking his side. And so this is not a political message. This is just giving you some history and future about Israel, what the Bible says about it. And if a nation goes against them, we're toast. One more place, Isaiah, turn to the left. Isaiah chapter 60. I like how this is worded over here. This is during that time when the Lord comes back. He's going to reign. Isaiah chapter 60. Check this out. Here's what he says about them. Look all the way down in verse 12. Talking about Israel. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee, they're going to have to serve Israel, shall perish. We'll get rid of them. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. I've always thought, that sounds like Clint Eastwood right there. I mean, Josie Wells is pretty good. <laughs> wasted, man. I'm going to waste you. That's what God's going to do right there. To any nation that goes against Israel. If that's the case, I don't want to go against them. The one thing about America, whether there was a Republican in office or a Democrat in office, up till now, we've always stood with Israel. It wasn't a party thing. It was an American thing. But we're starting to see a shift in that. And boy, that's scary to me. Because I don't want to turn against them. Because I know they're his people. So we've got to be careful. Oh, okay. We're going to stop right there. Any questions or comments?